Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast brought to you by HypeBot.com. Lots of love goes out to HypeBot yes, for, for our favorite. sponsoring the show. Head over there, check out what's happening in the music industry. I'm sure right right now as you're as we are recording this, um, the big news about SoundCloud laying off 40% of their staff is probably the big headline on HypeBot.com right now. Yeah, and they've also got the uh, buzz angle um, first six months of 2017 um, business review that's up. So take a look at that and see how the business is doing. Before we get into this week's special guest, I want to do a, a, a quick little housekeeping plug. Head over to Facebook, search for the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, give us a like on our Facebook page, and while you're there, you're going to see a link for a group. Click that. We've got an open discussion forum group that goes on. There's, I don't know, almost a couple thousand people. All it is is talking about and sharing marketing news and questions and advice and stuff like that. So if you want a free form um, open discussion, just click the group button on our Facebook page and we'll get you in there and you can start asking and sharing questions. Um, This week we have a special guest joining us. And uh, this is exciting. You and I have both used this company multiple yeah. times as as fans and with our clients. Yeah. Um, we are going to be joined by Brian Mead from Pledge Music. Yeah. Brian is their SVP of Artist and Label Relations. Um, and he's going to talk a little bit about, it's kind of the new Pledge Music. Um, Pledge Music is uh, is growing and changing and evolving. And it's becoming a major player in the uh, music business. You need yeah. to check it out. If, if, if you think Pledge Music is just a crowdfunding, a la the Kickstarter, he drops a little tidbit on us that the majority of their business is no longer coming from crowdfunding. That's right. So give this a listen. Update what you think uh, Pledge Music is all about because uh, Brian's got some great info here this week. Today's guest is Brian Mead. He is SVP of Artist and Label Relations for Pledge Music. Uh, welcome. Welcome, you, Brian. Appreciate it, guys. So, so I, I, ahead, I was, I was just going to say, hopefully everybody who listens is at least familiar with Pledge Music. Um, whether you've used them or not, I would imagine everybody's familiar with Pledge Music as... They may know you as only a, a, a crowdfunding um, website, but I want to get into the fact that you're much more than just crowdfunding. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, it's funny because I, I, we, we, I, I'm out there pitching um, Pledge, you know, 10 times a day, and um, it's still amazing how many people are unaware of the platform uh, and the capabilities. Uh, so, um I won't assume anything these days, um, but um, yeah. I mean, if you want me to dive in, I can give you kind of the yeah. I, you know, why don't you why don't you dive in and and kind of talk about how Pledge first started and how it's evolved to where it is today? Yeah, for sure. Um, so the company started about seven years ago. We we were you know most people are familiar with the Kickstarter model. We were the Kickstarter of. Uh, the, the music space. Uh, obviously, Kickstarter does music as well, but we are 100% dedicated to music and and related products. Um, uh, you know, I think quickly the the, um, the the tools started to evolve and became became a really uh, attractive piece of software and technology for managers 
to start using for for basic pre-orders. And a lot of people didn't want to uh, kind of look like they were having their hand out for uh, for money. So uh, the company many years ago started to transition and, and offered the pre-order platform as well as the crowdfunding platform. We still have both options in in the ecosystem. We're probably about seventy percent pre-order now. Really, um, that big? Yeah, it's pretty substantial for the company. Um, uh, and then, the, really, in the last several years, it's uh, it is you know it's developed to that size of of pre-order. And you know, I came in. Dominic, our our CEO, came in about a year ago, and then he brought me in about uh, top of the year. And we've been out closing a lot of our deals with, um, you know, Universal and Sony and ADA, a lot of the, a lot of the distributors. We've been doing a ton of label work. You know, we're doing every pre-order for New West, um, among many other labels. So the idea is now we're trying to bring everybody that's involved in the ecosystem of mu- a music product and have them all be, want to be invested in a pledge campaign. Um, and we're really moving towards becoming a, a full-fledged retail environment. So, you, you know. When you talk about pre-order, you know, I, I've seen a lot of great pre-orders on Pledge Music, and typically they're not just the vinyl or the CD. Typically, there are a lot of other products. Is that kind of growing now? And do you do you see that there that artists have there you go that artists <laughs> have embraced that? You know what I mean? Um, are our artists embracing the fact that they can sell, you know, test pressings and pennants and socks and all sorts of cool things? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, you know, we kind of take the best of what D2C offers in terms of bundling really cool merchandise and, and album product um, in that pre-order space. Uh, but we've, we've put it into an environment that now we're speaking to a community of super fans across a lot of different genres and a lot of different fan bases. So instead of kind of doing that sort of model within your um, the kind of silo of your website and just preaching to your your choir, uh, we we now take that model and we preach to um, you know for for example the cheap trick we're now we'll take a cheap cheap trick campaign and market that to all of our other classic rock artists fans that have used the platform before and we're you know our our average now is thirty three percent of every campaign uh, sale comes from a pre existing pledge user. So we're becoming a really interesting retail environment, uh, and the artists. Going back to your question, the artists love uh, the fact that they can really, you know, if, if they embrace it correctly, it's a three-dimensional experience for them as an art, as a, as, a, as an artist to be able to use the access pass for really creative updates along with their product, but then also put in, um, you know, lithogra- autograph lithographs and ancillary products plus. Really cool pieces of memorabilia from from their hist- you know history experiences. Even if they don't want to be involved in certain experiences, they may some some artists might want to do a Skype uh, guitar lesson or a um, you know yeah. go go record shopping at Amoeba with me. Um, those things we sell all day long and they're amazing. Sure, um, but a living room show, you know, a guitar you know. lesson. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of great campaigns lately, and I wonder if I'm the typical. Um, fan because I started going to pledge because there were a couple of things that I wanted to crowdfund to kind of help, right? And then I noticed that as your emails kept coming, there were better and better artists. Um, and now it's become kind of this huge community of music fans that really doesn't have as much to do about, you know, funding their release as it does. Now it's a destination. Now it's a place where you go 
and you know we'll take like the last two that I paid for cheap trick and uh, the accidentals both of those had everything from yeah you could get the signed CD and you could get a, a few other ancillary products but there were some really cool things on there like cheap trick I think had a road case and they had some signed guitars and I know you know the accidentals have some autographed you know lyric books and things people are getting really really creative do you help the artists and management to kind of guide them on what works best for them do you have kind of best practices or is it just kind of uh, trial and error yeah, we absolutely. That's part of our value proposition for you know how we earn our fee. Is we um, you know my team, I, I oversee the A and R team that helps you know source product and content and and talk to the management management labels, and we help build out kind of a really uh, a really nice starter product mix with the team. We have templates for that to kind of get started. A lot of it is the best practices of what we see working uh, in the system. You know, there's there's certain pieces of merchandise that are really hot right now that we layer into certain campaigns next year that might be we'll, we'll have three new things that we're going to layer sure. into campaigns. um so absolutely and it's very authentic to the voice so not not one product mix is going to work for you know uh, van morrison uh, to um you know willie nelson they're going to be they're going to be really different they need they need to be, be authentic to the voice of that artist so uh, that's something we take in, into account um and then we you know Continuing down the trail, my team then hands hands the campaigns off to a campaign manager, much like a product manager. They work really closely to refine the product mix, get the pricing into a really great uh, sweet spot. Again, we the idea being that we allow a fan, if they want to spend 10, 10 bucks on the, the, the download and come be a part of the process, great. But we allow them to spend up to, you know, as much as they want. 20, you know, we're going to be launching a big campaign that's going to have, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollar items in it this week. So, uh, it's whatever the fan wants to spend. We give we give them the opportunity to, be, to come be a part of it. You know, I want to I, I want to circle back. You'd mentioned thirty three percent of uh, orders are, are are coming from the pledge community now. Um, that's really interesting to me because when when pledge first started and crowdfunding first started, the big challenge was to to artists. If you don't have a fan base, don't even bother crowdfunding because basically, you, you know, you're not when, – when you went to these original programs, they weren't bringing you fans. You had to bring your fans to the, to the party. And, yep. and that's why I would see a lot of artists who would, who, who would struggle or, or, or just outright fail because their fan community wasn't big enough to support a crowdfunding campaign, re bringing it to success. But yep. now what you're saying is, um, you know, a third of, of the orders are coming from people who aren't your fans. And that's basically an introduction to new fans, is the way I see that. Um, that's pretty big when you think about that. That adds a little, you know, to me as somebody who works with artists, it's a little more security in that, all right, you know, my fan base may not be the strongest, but bundling what I can bring to the table with what you bring to the table, success is almost guaranteed now. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine, you know, the artists are going to drive via their socials, their ECRM, their advertising, their shows. And then, of course, you know, Pledge, you know, that email that I get from Pledge isn't spam i mean that's i look forward to that email because there's every now and then there's a really great little tidbit in there so i would imagine your open rates and click-through rates 
are uh, you know a little higher than most. But tell me about the process. So uh, I'm a I'm an artist, and I want to participate with Pledge Music, and I know that you can help me with what you know what uh, items may be best to do. What if I don't have a manufacturer or a warehouse for certain things like pennants or socks or whatever um, and fulfillment? Can you help with those types of things too? Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, there's three words I use to describe pledge. It's uh, retail, community, and technology. So that's really what, the value that we provide. Um, from a from a fulfillment and manufacturing standpoint, those are external partners that we have that we work closely with. Uh, so we have a couple preferred uh, fulfillment houses that that are really good at what they do. They plug into our API on the back end. Um, we put them in contact with each partner, uh, and and they then then the you know then we also work closely with each um, each client, each artist, each manager label to source the right product if they don't have. Certain, you know, we have sock manufacturers that we use, so we can we can help them with that and put them in touch. Again, the the, the cost of goods is always going to be on the 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 artist and the manager um, to cover that. But the beauty of working in a pre-order platform is you kind of know what you need to order, so right. you don't have to put the risk up on those products because you've already pre-sold them. Right. There shouldn't be a lot of excess obsolescent inventory because you know what the the demand is, and you can just manufacture pretty close to that demand, right? Yeah. yeah, and our team works closely with you to kind of figure out the sweet spot of your final order and getting that product down to our your fulfillment partner. Yeah. Uh, um, and then, you know, just, just to make it clear too, the, the cost of those, uh, the shipping and handling, is charged back to the fan on the, uh, the checkout process, yeah. and that's how our partners make their money. So you, the, the artist actually doesn't have to end up paying for any of that either. That's great. What kind that's of data do you share with artists, management, you, you mentioned your API, and I know you've got a really great back end. What kind of data can someone expect when they run a campaign? Um, like, you know, how often is it refreshed and what kind of data points do you, uh, can you tell that they will be able to get? Uh, it's the general, the sales information is ref refreshed uh, up to the minute. Um, you know, when by campaigns item. Yeah, by, by item, uh, it's all drilled down. Um, you've got you've got a weekly email update that also goes out to you. So if you don't want to dial into your dashboard, uh, you're going to get something in your inbox. Um, you've got um, traffic information, so you can actually see what from Pledge Music users through browsing, through our newsletter, uh, through Facebook advertising, etc. That's all on the homepage. Uh, you can toggle through your amount of pledges, your income. Um, you've got uh, your access pass update. So that's all the firewalled content that is unlocked with any purchase. And that's, you know, video updates, photographs, uh, unique demo demos, um, live, live recordings, whatever it may be. That's all the extra stuff you get when you buy in. Um, all of that, when you go into your dashboard, you can actually see what traffic was driven by each one of those updates and how much revenue. So you can, you can really try tie true uh, marketing to revenue for the, you know, for really the first time in a long time. Uh, a long time, uh, and you can use those in your advertising as well, in your marketing. So I like I like to kind of talk about pledge being a trifecta of revenue into marketing into engagement, uh, with the product mix and the access pass really driving that cycle. Because the revenue obviously is, or the product mix is obviously great revenue, but it also allows you instead of uh, saying you know by the fifth time you say go pre-order my record on your Facebook page, the fans are starting to check out. 
Um, we we give a label or manager the opportunity to talk about that Ani DeFranco's book club, that autographed guitar, that handwritten lyric sheet, that listening party. All of these are products as a part of your product mix, but they, they you can also use them as really creative clickbait to have yeah. a unique conversation with your fans to drive them back to the campaign week over week. When yeah. when a, a traditional crowdfunding campaign is, is, has been run, usually what you do is you set a goal and you hope to reach the goal so you can then collect the funds. How is um, a pre-order campaign different from that? Are you setting goals? Do you have to reach any any targets? Or is it basically just, I'm just selling? Yeah, it's a it's a record store. It's a record store. Yeah. It, it, there is no goal on the back end. We don't set any sort of goal. Obviously, we have our kind of budgetary things of kind of what we want to hit with that artist. Uh, but there's nothing there's nothing that needs to be hit. It's, you know, as soon as uh, with a pre-order campaign, as soon as a fan makes an order, they're charged immediately. Um, and, the, and then we hold the money and, and pay it out to the artist faster than in any other retailer. And is will you allow any artist to set up um, a pledge, a pledge profile, pledge campaign, or do you review and approve? I mean, is there a, is there a review process that artists have to go through? Uh, so we have we have two entries into the platform. One is the frontline business, which is what my team oversees, and we're driving. That's more of the you know the the name value artists doing pre order campaigns with the labels, uh, and then the second is what we call our organics team. Uh, and that's more of a campaign management te- uh, crew out of our Boston office. And that is um, a lot of people have just organic sign up through the website. And then that team kind of reviews them and make, ensures that they've got enough of a base to be able to run a successful campaign. So we don't let everyone into the, into the platform. And, um, we're, you know, we're pretty selective. But, you know, generally speaking, yeah. It's, it's, it's a quality control thing to a degree. What are some of the things that are working right now? You mentioned that maybe next year they might be different things, but you know the campaigns that have been going on, say, in 2017, what are some of the items that tend to work well? Uh, you, you know, our, our bread and butter is still uh, CD and vinyl, uh, which is great. You know, we're, we'll, I think we'll always be that. We know that it's, it's a it's just it's another merchandise piece that I don't think will ever go away. Yeah, is it typically um, signed? The autographed copies are a premium, and we yeah. we sell them at that, and the fans love it. It's definitely one of our top selling items. It has to be in your campaign, even if it's limited. Uh, test pressings are huge. We do a ton of that with autographed and numbered. Uh, we do a ton of uh, handwritten lyric sheets. Uh, we do a lot of name in the liner notes is a big one that fans love, and those a lot of times we'll we'll take some of those things and bundle them with. Um, t-shirts and stuff to kind of make sure that those are, are really getting the value for the artist out of uh, that type of item. Yeah, uh, dis- disposable cameras are huge, where the where the artist actually takes a throwaway camera and takes twenty photographs and then throws the camera in the mail, lets the fan develop it. That's uh, cool. So that get. Those, there's some fun things like that that just every fan just can't get enough of. What are some of the odd things or the crazy things that you've seen over the last uh, six months? Um, got it. Like, uh, well, like uh, Papa Roach was selling the costume from their last video, as well as uh, autographed um, uh, scripts for the for the video. Uh, Luna just, uh, you know, as a second phase to their campaign, they just put in um, the opportunity to buy in to be an extra in their music video they're shooting next week. In That's LA. super cool. 
and then they're going to they're going to do a show afterwards. Um, you know, it's that kind of stuff that fans just it's unexpected and really fun and creative. And for an extra 50, 75, 100 bucks, absolutely. They're going to buy in all day long. Yeah. How, ma- how many fans are buying more than one one reward package? Uh, it, it's a lot. It, it, it's several. I mean, it's again, it's the super fan that wants, you know, uh, you know, a lot of our, our for, for a lot of our campaigns, our sweet spot is, you know, two to five thousand fans, maybe. And, you know, for for a record that might sell 60 or 80,000 copies uh, in the general market. So those super fans are they want to spend buy a bunch of stuff. So they're buying the autographed guitar, the signed lithograph, the, the, the highest price bundle, the test pressing. Right. How how many artists, you know, here here's an example. Like in the last Cheap Trick one, I went there basically as soon as it was announced, and the autographed guitars were gone. Yeah, they were gone they immediately. They were gone. And, you know, I think it was like, granted, it wasn't a high-end guitar, but it was three or $400, I think, for the guitar. Um, yeah. are, do you have artists that look at that and go, holy crap, we're going to dump a whole bunch more in? Or, or do you really push the artist to go keep it that limited number if it's sold out let it sell out uh we we debate that all the time with with each campaign um it's it's very easy to add more product in but again you want to be respectful to the fans um if you know if they, if they bought something thinking there was 50 test pressings and suddenly there's 200 more um the sure. value the value proposition goes down so you, you really want to make sure you're pricing things correctly and having that conversation up front the cheap trick one i think ultimately they you know probably underpriced that uh oh, I, given, think they, I think they definitely under yeah. I, I saw that and go crap i'm not a guitar collector but that was a yeah. great price to get an autographed guitar yeah yeah yeah. So that was a debate we had, you know, probably I don't I don't really know exactly where the price point came from, but you know, good for those ten fans that got it for that price. Um and guess what? We'll have another campaign with them soon enough and we'll have more guitars. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, they had a cool uh, road case. I forget the price of it there, but that went really mm-hmm. fast too. It's yeah, surprising it's, sometimes. It's seven thousand because bucks. you're talking about uh, super fans. You're you're talking about music fans, and I never thought that the music industry understood the super fan uh, for many many years. You know, I used to watch how like in Europe they would put out a CD single in a double digi pack, and then you had to kind of come back and get the second one, and it always had like live tracks on it, and we would cheerfully you know, pay $10, $12 for each one of those singles yep. to get the unreleased track. It, it seemed like some people understood the fan mentality. And I think that's what's so great about Pledge is that people like me that are passionate about certain artists, we have no problem spending the money on some of these things that you're mentioning. You know, um, I am, was thrilled with the Cheap Trick thing. I was thrilled with the accidentals, you know, and it's, you don't feel taken advantage of or anything because you're choosing what you get and they're super great, uh, you know, products. And I, I love the fact that you've got your own base now. You've got this huge base. Um, but what I want to touch on, I know you have to go pretty soon, but Pledge Music has kind of evolved over the years. And I've seen a great evolution just in the last, like, 
12 months. Can you kind of speak to that a little bit, kind of the, the, the growth and the changing of the guard and kind of the direction that Pledge Music is going now as opposed to maybe a couple of years ago? Um, yeah, I mean, I think kind of like, as I mentioned, we're, you know, Dominic and I, part of our goal is to really grow this to be one of the biggest retailers in the world. Um, look, I think there's an opportunity here uh, that you can you can make a lot of revenue. Our average spend right now per fan is $55 a head. Wow. Um, so, you know, if you if you put that alongside your streaming business as a record label or distributor that's, it, it, and do it correctly and put the resources behind working with Pledge Music, there's no reason why we can't be one of the biggest retailers in the world. Uh, and that's kind of our goal. And that's really what we're pushing for in, in going out and doing a lot of these direct deals. Um, you know, again, Dominic and I both have, you know, upwards of 25 years of experience each in the record business distribution, understanding retail. Uh, you know, I view, I view Pledge Music as Tower Records on a Friday night. I mean, go there and hang out and browse around and have a great time. Yeah. It's, you know, again, it's not a physical experience, but when you get on that homepage, um, it's a rabbit hole. You know, you dive right in and uh, you know, I think soon we're also going to start being able to, you know, we're scaled to the point now where uh, if you go into our browse function, you can start browsing by product type. Um, so suddenly you can start shopping for, um, you know, all the autographed guitars in the platform and, and all the test pressings. And, you know, what if you're you're rolling into Denver and you want to kind of know what experiences that might be going on? There's a there's a big opportunity for us to really transform the record business in a very creative way. Um, you know, for me, um, there will always be people that want to buy merchandise and will always sell those things bundled with the music. We're always reinforcing the value proposition of the record with everything we sell. Uh, but if you, if you, if, if you study retail, you know, people want to experience life and they want to restaurants are booming because people want to be out with friends and enjoying each other. Um, I think, you know, the fact that we can sell experiences with artists is that will, there's no way to ever digitize that, you know, and right. turn that into a, a product that could be, uh, that could go away, it, you know, so to me, there's, there's an interesting opportunity here to really, because this has never been monetized in the past properly. Yeah, yeah. yeah what got, did I was going to say, I've, go got, ahead, I've got one, one, one final question here. So, um, when a pre-order runs its course and the album is released, are artists able to just keep a permanently open store? Yep, absolutely. So what do they, yeah. what do they, whatever is not been sold can just be transitioned into the Cheap Trick Pledge Music store and you can come back and buy until it's gone or can they keep, keep adding product to it? I mean, what the way you're talking about where you're going, that's sort of what I see is you're just going to be building storefronts that are permanent storefronts that artists can add and remove product anytime they want. Some of it's a pre-order, some of it's not a pre-order. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, you're, you're spot on. And, you know, part of my vision is um, a la kind of the Spotify verified profile. There's no reason every artist should not have a quote-unquote verified profile in Pledge. Uh, that r runs from a, a pre-order of a record into a tour, tour experiential campaign, into a book product, into a remix record, into a live record. Um, and the, you know, the beauty of it is every time, because you, you can, it's very uh, dynamic. You can add products and pull products ongoing. So there's a lot of surprise, elements of surprise that can happen for fans. And once they've bought in, 
like you guys have both brought in the cheap trick. So you know that that store could transform into um, the a, a tour experiential thing where where they could put in sound check parties and sign set lists and um, stage worn T-shirts and come hang out at the bar with us, all this stuff. And every time something gets added to the campaign, we're going to alert you via the email yeah. and, uh, and, and notification on your phone. So it's it's a tool that gives the artist and management and labels the opportunity to really have this amazing dialogue um, that doesn't feel like you're selling something, but putting really cool things in front of fans and then, and then the access pass updates um, that to me is unlike any other platform out there. Right, but giving the people what they want. Yeah. That's yeah. that that is is one of the ultimate goals is you know I I'm, I'm waiting for the day when every when we literally just have a sign up and every artist comes in and gets their profile and suddenly they're you know kind of like amazed at all the the stuff that they're able to sell within the platform. We're getting there. Yeah, sounds like yeah. it. Sounds like it. Brian, this was this was an awesome chat. It, it it's it's exciting to get an update because like I said, I've been part of pledge with clients for many years, especially when it was just crowdfunding and um, it's great to see this pre-order world come in I love it because so many artists would would say listen and I think you touched on it earlier fans would be like why are you crowdfunding you're supposed to be a rich rock star you don't need to be begging us for money to go record your album well now the pre-order alleviates that whole worry and yeah. it's just here you go. You're selling your product. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to have you on again, man. Uh, continued Absolutely. success. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. All right, man. Yep. Take Talk care. To you have soon. a great day. Bye. Bye. Fun conversation. I love Pledge. I mean, I love I it as a marketer and as a fan. I've, yeah. I've taken part as a fan um, in, in, I don't know, half a dozen at least pledge campaigns everything from crowdfunding to pre-orders and yeah and, and i love it you know when my favorite artist announces a pledge pre-order campaign i'm there immediately it's like i gotta get in there and see what yeah what before it sells out before it sells out exactly i i was bummed i couldn't get that cheap trick you and me both and you and i were both in there probably within hours of the thing going live as soon as i heard it was live i went in there and they were gone but it does remind me a little bit of the old tower records days it does remind me of the old music business where you got excited about finding things and you know as a fan whether you know we've been using cheap trick as the example you know as a fan of that band when you see all of these different products and know that they're limited edition um I have no problem. In fact, I'm thrilled to buy those packages. I, I think Pledge is really on to something here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was it was fun to get that update. And, um, you know, listen, I encourage everybody to go look at Pledge Music as part of your as part of your marketing campaign and your release plan, whether it's for crowdfunding purposes or just pre-order purposes. Yeah, and, and look at the products that they're selling. Like Brian was telling us earlier that, you know, pennants, socks, test pressings, things like that are really big right now. But take a look at like go into some of your favorite artists on Pledge Music and see what kind of products they're selling and what kind of experiences. And you can also get a sense of, you know, what kind of pricing people are putting these things at. It's yeah, it's good you, to search around. You, you need to spend a little time and, and really think out and get creative with the reward love the reward packages. Um 
you know, you, if if all you're doing is the basic autograph CD, autograph vinyl, T-shirt, autograph litho, you're really limiting yourself. You've got fans. You've got fans that will spend hundred dollars, two hundred and fifty dollars, five hundred thousand. You know, go get that old road case that you've only got one of. Put it up there. You know, get get a half a dozen cheap guitars and autograph them. Um, there's all sorts of like stage worn clothes. Yeah, this T-shirt was wore at this show. We're gonna sell it. You know, yeah. you gotta get that. That's where I think a lot of artists um, don't push themselves when it comes to like something like pledge. Is they don't really think outside of the box of like, my God, what would a fan really pay for? Here? Yeah. Yeah, that's why you got to look at what other people are doing. It'll open up your mind to, you know, the the possibilities. Yep, yep, exactly. So, you know, that's it. Music Biz Weekly, another week. I want to remind everybody. A sponsored little, by? Well, sponsored by <laughs> HypeBot.com. But also, head over to iTunes and leave us a review and a rating. Just go to iTunes, search for the Music Biz Weekly podcast. You'll find us. We'd love it if you'd give us a review and a rating. That would be awesome. Thank you. See you guys next week.